Welcome to Leadership in the Digital Age with Professor Vijay Gurbakhsani, Director of the Center for Digital Transformation at the Paul Mirage School of Business at UC Irvine. Join us for thought-provoking conversations with executives on the forefront of digital transformation. How many of you have shopped at Delta Beauty? Nice. Okay. Where, well, I know. where are the men? Yeah, I saw quite a few men. I saw quite a few. Yeah, thank you. Your credit cards. Your been credit there. cards. Been, anybody have teenage daughters that your credit cards are being worked out held <laughs> to? So, so this is a fantastic story, and I refer to it obviously in my opening talk. But you know, Alta Beauty's been named um, one of Fortune's fastest-growing companies. Uh, Last week, I don't know if you guys were paying attention, but the stock popped by 10% on one day after you announced earnings. And even before that, I actually thought I had a typo, but the, it's the, the best performing S&P 500 stock since 2009, grown with seven, I have 7,000% yeah, no, written, and I'm like, true. I keep <laughs> wanting to yell at my RA saying, this can't be right. Yeah. Um, so, so. It's, it speaks to sort of the remarkable transformation that, that uh, Mary has undertaken at Ulta Beauty, but she took over as CEO in 2013. So tell us what you found when you, sort of a bad word, but like when you walked into the company and you, discover. what did you discover? <laughs> well, uh, first of all, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. And a lot of folks that I spoke to in the hallway are Ulta shoppers. And so that's great. Um, yeah, so I actually, my background um, was really most of my career in food and beverage. I worked for Quaker Oats, which became PepsiCo. I was a global CMO for McDonald's for five years. I ran a telecom company for a few years. And when I was asked to run Ulta Beauty, you know, the thread through my career has been consumer facing and driven businesses. But when I, I mean, seriously, I knew nothing about Ulta when I was asked to run the company. And it's, even though it was headquartered in Chicago, and there was already like 675 stores, and I had three teenage daughters. So I went to visit the stores, and I thought I knew right away that this was a gem that had tons of potential if we could figure out how to like move everything in a more modern direction, right? The offerings, the, how we do marketing, the use of digital, and create a brand for Alta. So you know, when I got there, I, I inherited a company that was growing nicely already. I mean, the company wasn't broken. Um, had um, some great foundation in terms of real estate, product assortment, and services, which we'll come back to. But the fact that there's a full-service hair salon in every Ulta, beauty, you know, brow bars. But what I saw was a company that was a bit underinvested for the future, right? So we took a step back. We reset Wall Street's expectations a bit in terms of what we needed to invest um, to be a future, you know, a modern-day retailer. So I'll, I'll stop there, but so at where, my level. <laughs> where, where were you underinvested? Uh, well, I'd say the first thing, and it's kind of almost funny when you think about it now, but really e-commerce as a channel wasn't really on the mind of the company even so much back in 2013. I mean, we had an e-commerce site, but nobody was really thinking through the lens of the explosive growth and the role of that channel and how we're going to support the capacity needed to not only, you know, our growth, but also, you know, be the, the new standard about expectations of speed of delivery. So I would say underinvested in capacity and distribution and, you know, some of the systems that we needed really in that area. And the second area is that we were doing very, I guess, old-fashioned marketing. It was, this was the easy part for me since I grew up in marketing in my arena. I could see there was a lot of low-hanging fruit because we were only doing things like does anybody get a Sunday newspaper anymore in this room? Probably not that many. A lot of, you know, inserts and, in okay, thank you. But, you know, one person. But he's yeah. reading his cell phone while he answered the question. 
exhibit A. So anyway, so we uh, so so it's kind of cool because we're able to take a lot of inefficient spending and then move it into channels to create what you just saw there. I'm really proud about that. That is. It's a 60-second television commercial. You know, TV still works if you buy it in the right places, but we were able to then invest our money across the channels that we needed to be to create a brand and to really reach people through social media channels, which obviously right. beauty is where it's at. So I was looking at the reasons why your stock popped so much last week. Yeah. And I wanted to say that the story was all digital. And then I read, when there's a part of yeah, it, you paid and then I read it was all Kylie Jenner. <laughs> well, there's that. Uh, no, actually, it was a really interesting quarter for us. So it's great the timing of this because I can talk about it since we just released. But I'm proud about the fact that we had a 9.4 comp. So comp sales, 9%. And that was accelerating through the year. So that's a pretty big deal. Um, and a lot of it was driven, our e-commerce wasn't as strong as we had guided. It was still 25% growth, and we had guided more like mid-30s. The difference, and this was kind of cool, is that we've launched a couple. We have over 500 brands that we sell at Alta. For those of you who aren't familiar, it's beauty retail, mass to prestige, every category, right? But there's obviously a, a new, a lot of innovation happening with direct-to-consumer brands, with Kylie Jenner being just one of them. People who can, who are huge influencers, can gray line of products and go straight to the consumer. But what I was going to say is that a lot of these, you know, in the beauty category, the experience of touching and feeling and trying a product actually really matters physically mm -hmm. and digitally. So Kylie Jenner is just one of the many brands that have come to Ulta for growth through the physical channel. So we launched Kylie Jenner and another brand called Morphe with James Charles, another big influencer, on Black Friday weekend. And we purposely drove it to store, and that's what happened. We had bigger store growth in traffic than we had predicted, even though we had great growth online. Right. But it was interesting, and I think actually helped to continue to prove the thesis to the investment community that retail, you know, brick and mortar matters if you do it right, I guess, you know, so. No, and you're seeing that, yeah. you know, we talked about Walmart in, in my opening yeah. talk because when they presented here a few years ago, they were really struggling to get their e-commerce story right. right, and now they're growing 40% year over year in e-commerce. So, so yeah. I, for one, certainly don't think that physical stores are dead, especially in products where you really need uh, to try the product. Right. I may not have shopped much at Ulta Beauty, but I've certainly accompanied my mom on many such trips. Very when good. I, was, uh, I got to meet your mother. I dig that. That's awesome. But, but when I was a kid, now I, but anyway, but the point is, yeah. you, you, uh, uh, let's get your mother up. No. But yeah, the point but is no, you understand what it takes yeah. for a woman to buy cosmetics. Well, uh, that's right. And men, you know, there's a men. lot of men that shop at our stores too. But again, you can't be a complacent retailer either. Right. So, you know, one of the themes is that we've got to constantly reinvent the in-store experience to make it more easy, more digital, more... Talk uh, about that. How do you make yeah. it more digital? Well, I'd say, you know, just stepping back in total, I, I mentioned this. So social, there's a lot of things happening that really are good uh, factors for us in beauty. The, you know, population, as we look at the fastest growing segments of population in the U.S., um, Latinas are the fastest growing, Hispanics and Latinas are over-indexed in beauty. And so that's a great thing for our business. You know, we look at, at anybody, millennial, younger, spending, you know, most of their time online. And social media is a great platform to, you know, YouTube makeup tutorials. That's probably the second highest category of tutorials on YouTube is makeup. Um, social media folks who can create their own following on Instagram. And so there's so much happening there. Plus, you know, there's more pictures being taken, taken sure. than any time in history. What right? does so, over-indexed mean? 
Um, Latinas, relative to the general population, are heavier spenders in oh. beauty as a category, which is great for us, right? So, um, so there's a lot of factors that are, are working well for us. So I'd say f the first thing we had to do was kind of going back, as I said, to 2013, get the basics right, like a better e-commerce platform, you know, making sure we are speedy enough on delivery, and we can come back to that. And then it really was about how to make sure that we um, play in the social media channels, and we've got a huge loyalty program that's yes. over 30 million people driving 95% of our sales. And so you can imagine the, the possibilities that that gives us. So let's talk loyalty. about it because loyalty doesn't even count as digital that much anymore because everybody takes it for granted that you're doing yeah. it. But I remember when I was teaching many years ago, we talked about loyalty programs, particularly at the airlines, as being one of the biggest innovations in digital. But I haven't, I have to confess, seen numbers as high as 90%. Yeah. Would no, you? you're right. I mean, actually, it is almost something that we take for granted, but it is powered by digital technology through sure. everything that we do. But it's also, and again, part of the reason I wanted to show the ad is we start with consumer foundational insights about what matters, right? So right. our whole theme is like, we're not going to just chase after tech to chase after it. Where does it matter? So in the loyalty program, it matters because the more personalized we can make the whole experience for you. Roxanne, here's the number of points you have today. Here's a special offer that we know you're going to love, more personalized, right, based on, on history. Augmented reality, so be able to actually have experiences where you can try things on or look at a hair color before you color your hair. Let's walk through that because that's yeah. obviously a digital story. Um, what, what is Glam Lab and what is, and what is Glam Street's role in it? How did it all come to be? Yeah, yeah we made our first acquisitions ever uh, this year, this past year. And they're not huge, but they're really powerful for us. One is a company called QM Scientific, and, and it's a small company in the AI space. And Glam Street is a company actually founded in Uruguay by a woman, small AR type company. And we're, so, you know, we were already working with the Glam Street company. On our app, you can do virtual try-on of makeup colors. Um, and so we decided to actually just you know, make them part of our team because there's so much more that the combination of you know, artificial intelligence and augmented reality are going to mean for us in the future. So you know, a digital, people want to try products, maybe figure out what's the right foundation, skin care. Like I said, hair, if you could see exactly what your hair was going to look like before mm -hmm. you got it cut and colored, that's pretty powerful. So we see that playing out. I mean, right now on our app, we just launched a virtual try-on that's live. So you can literally, you know, be looking around and really seeing what it looks like all the way to in-store. We're going to be doing more that brings that to life. But there's, you know, we're not like the first in the space. I mean, that's, you know, I, I don't try to claim that. We're pretty selective, though. We kind of pick our spots and then go all in on it. But I think that's really important because... First of all, every industry moves at its own cadence, and being competitive in your sector doesn't mean you have to be as competitive as, you know, I, I know high-speed finance trading. That's right. Uh, um, so I think that's part of it. But prior, you know, one of the things our research actually shows is prioritizing where you invest because there are so many options, and digital is actually a, a big indicator of, yeah. uh, of success. And then talk to us a little bit about. Uh, so why did you buy QM uh, rather than? Um, partner with them? Because you started, it sounded like you partnering yeah. and you decided to go in and just... Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, everybody here in this room knows more experts here than me. This, the pace is moving fast. We needed to pick up our pace. We needed to have the talent, you know, connected directly to us and try to develop some proprietary edge. And I think it's just the beginning. I mean, there's a lot more that we're going to do in this space, but that was, you know, the rationale. And I think, that, and I think that's right, because our, one of our views at the center is also that software needs to be every company's core competence. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean payroll software or any back, but, but these sort of uh, state-of-the-art applications uh, for your industry, 
Uh, you can't innovate fast enough unless you do it in-house. Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, I think that for any business, for our business, it's extremely applicable. I think everything we do is powered by technology in some way, shape, or form. And for us to continue to compete and win and drive market share gains, we have to, you know, we have to innovate. What about, we haven't talked about the artificial intelligence acquisition yet. What do yeah. you hope that will achieve? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, as I mentioned, we've got over 30 million uh, folks in our loyalty program. They are very engaged. Um, and they want to participate in this really cool experience with us, which is really simple. The more you spend, the more points you get. You can use them for anything in the store. And we're talking about people who we call beauty enthusiasts, so folks who are really engaged in the category. And now we've even offered that you can use it for services, which is, has been a great success, right? Um, so the combination of being able to take that insight about the simplicity of the program and, you know, we'll give you a free birthday gift, you know, whatever, work with our brand partners to try things. Combining that with more personalized offers, more personalized recommendations, the ability to be able to use the data for people to really get products that they need and want, reminders, you know, if you're out of something. You can imagine that that, as we think about continuing to drive our share of the market, that for us is where it's at. Do you have a function on Alexa yet? Alexa, what? do you have a function on, We're working uh, on, on Alexa? Yes. Can yeah. you please order me some more? Yeah, yeah uh, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that, that, that is uh, really interesting. Audience, uh, can you please sort of get, get ready for your questions? We're going to turn to you in a couple of minutes. You mentioned that you would want to sort of go a little bit deeper into your, your delivery and fulfillment. You know, I know you're talking about Omnichannel. Yeah, yeah uh, I would say that that actually been, you know, for all retailers who started in brick and mortar, one of the key, I mean, we spend, it's basically about 12% of our, of our shoppers right now are what we call Omnichannel shoppers. So what does that tell you? The vast majority of our product is actually sold in store. Right. Our fastest channel is e-com. The folks that are engaging both in, uh, in the stores and online are our best shoppers. So they don't substitute. So people who become a store shopper and they become an e-com shopper are spending three times the amount as somebody who's in store only. So they're not, you know, and they're not shifting at all. They're doing both. So it's kind of a cool thing. Having said that, you know, everybody now is accustomed to you know, one hour delivery, immediate delivery, right? It's going right. to be on your, and so we had to pick our spots to say, okay, what is, you can, I guess, how much can you invest? Right. And where are the places that are really most important? So what we, de- you know, we've decided is two day delivery is our, is our standard, as our goal. Um, we could, we've explored options to be faster and frankly didn't feel there was enough of a consumer need set to do it because we've, you know, added things again that other retailers have done. So buy online, pick up in store for somebody who really wants it right away or a one hour delivery. Oh, you can do service. that too? Yeah, we're launching that this year. So, you know, so we're trying to find the places that um, we don't overinvest or, or frankly mess up the algorithm altogether, but don't disappoint our guests. And that's a moving target. Um, we've also converted one of our distribution centers into a fast fulfillment center that's going to do only e-com. And we're building another one that's going to do only e-com. So that whole speed of delivery is what everybody's chasing after, I guess, right? So if you were to think about what distinguishes you from your competitors, and obviously you've got plenty, what are the top two or three things? So I know one is that you have a far more comprehensive sort yeah. of set of products all the way from the lower end to the higher right. end. Yeah, that's, I'd say, kind of at a high level. We compete with everybody who sells beauty, and there's a lot, and it's, it's getting bigger all the time. And I, I once counted, there's like 70,000 physical locations that you can buy beauty just in the U.S. on any given day. It's not counting online retailers, right? right? So we compete with, you know, Walgreens. We compete with grocery stores. We compete with Target, Walmart. Amazon, Sephora, Macy's, Nordstrom, right? So we compete with everybody, but honestly, nobody puts it together in the way that we do, which is about all the product categories in one place. So we have the biggest selection of beauty products from mass to prestige. 
services in the store, which again, I think is one of our key differentiators versus an online play. Um, great real estate, you know, so we have about 1,200 stores right now, we're gonna keep growing, but they tend to be off-mall in really accessible places. So that in conjunction with the loyalty program, and I'd say the positioning that we've now taken to really play in a very emotional territory about being very inclusive about beauty, so, you know, I, I mean, I can't prevent the competition from happening. We just play our offense, and that's, that's what it is. Questions for Mary? I'll let you call on people. I, yeah, we can, we can barely see with the light, so. I see one right there. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, we're recording everything, so you actually do. Oh, okay. Um, Apparently do. <laughs> Yeah, so the direct-to-consumer, uh, I think it's here to stay. I mean, look at any category. One of my, my youngest child is crazy into food. Like, she's vegetarian, she loves to cook. Everything she knows about food and chefs is from Instagram, 100%. She's ordering stuff off of Instagram all the time, you know, protein this and that. So, I mean, we know that the direct-to-consumer channel is it's vibrant and growing. I think, you know, for us... Um, to be able to then also get some of those brands to have distribution at Ulta has proven the case that in some categories, physical distribution matters as well. But we have plenty of brands that we sell only online. So I just, you know, we want to be able to play on all parts of the continuum, and I think we will proven that we can. And then, yeah, we have our own Ulta Beauty collection, which is about 4% of our sales. And that's a great platform for us. Our guests love it. It's, it's the only brand that we own exclusively. Uh, we have brands that we sell exclusively, but it's the only one. And that's, you know, that's just a great platform for us to learn and to really jump onto trend, and we have that across many categories. Other questions for Mary? Hey, hold on, please. It's on its way. Yeah, I would say, you know, first of all, and we're on this journey, but really making sure that we're on the entire digital journey for our guests and following that guest into the store. So obviously most of the, you know, exploration initially starts online as people are thinking about their shopping experience. You know, being able to have a guest come in and we recognize them right away as our loyalty member, that they've already pre-ordered some products that they're going to pick up in store and then let the rest of their time be about ex exploration. Um, you know, using AR in the stores to help people see the, you know, the final product on certain things that they're considering, um, you know, offers that are geolocated. So I would say it's, it's really about just blending the channels and just being seamless, you know, throughout. And, and obviously, a lot of experts in the room, all the technology investments that we're making are part of the path to get better at that. Let's take one last question. Hi. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your process for developing, uh, you know, the company's uh, maybe short and long-term strategy? I mean, there are so many things that you could chase, right? How do you yeah. figure out what the top three or five are? Yeah, no, so it's a great question. Um, I guess the other thing, going back to when I started running the company in 2013, I did feel that we had a financial plan, but we didn't really have a strategic plan. And, um, you know, I grew up in, in companies that were very rigorous about that. And I had to, frankly, start to build a team first that could help me do that. I'm not somebody who believes I can just go figure it all out on my own. I needed some experts on my team that could help me because they're all interrelated. 
But the most important thing was starting with consumer insights. And I mean, I know that sounds obvious. I think a lot of people miss that. So what are the basic you know, demographic trends? What are the psychographic segments that we should focus on? You know, how do we think about how we position ourselves? And are, do we have the right offering? And literally everything flowing from that. So we had a pretty rigorous process that we started back in 13. And now strategic planning is ongoing, right? I mean, especially with the dynamic competitive environment and you know, disruption that's happening. You know, and probably the biggest criticism that we make of ourselves is are we prioritizing enough? You know, I mean, it's kind of a high class problem to have. There's a lot of growth opportunities out there. And so we, try, we have a, a framework that everything feeds into as a strategy and try to make sure that we hold true to that. Great. Yeah, Thank you so Thank much, you. Mary. That was absolutely right. fantastic. Thank you for listening to Leadership in the Digital Age. We hope you will follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at UCI underscore CDT or on our YouTube channel, UCI Center for Digital Transformation. Please be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to give us a review. Until next time.